Hey, comedy pioneers. Thanks for traversing the Oregon Trail for another episode of the Comedy Northwest podcast. This episode was recorded back in November of 2015. It is an after-party episode, so get your joints and booze and whatnot ready to join in on the fun. Our headliner was Adam Bathe. He brought his girlfriend Harley in. And the feature was Jake Silberman. If you're listening to this episode as it drops, Jake will be headlining in Bend this Friday. So you can get tickets and info at bendcomedy.com or just come out to the show, Seven Night Club, Friday, 8 o'clock. Enjoy the show. And remember, let's try to keep it to two or less people talking at a time. Well, well, I think Thanks, that's just coach. complete bullshit. I don't know why anybody would do anything like that. You should have just stopped talking at any point in time. And... No dead air, anybody. None. <laughs> the air is alive and awkward, folks. You hear that? You hear that, listeners? Try that. not to spill all over my microphone. <laughs> if you could. I spilled it all right. over myself, not your microphone. Can you not okay. spill it into your mouth? Aim a little harder. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> Adam Bath, everybody. Yeah. Adam Bath. Adam so, Bath. the one with most of his drink down his sweatshirt is Adam Bath. Say hi. This is a hoodie, asshole. <laughs> I was trying to make you sound more sophisticated. Which Impossible. is it's a cardigan. Yeah, it's I just cardigan. It on my cardigan <laughs> in the first place. We're moving from Portland right now. You said yeah. cardigan. It's oh, a hoodie. God. Hi, I'm Adam. Hi, Adam. And then Jake. Jake, say hi. Hi, guys. How are we doing today? Hi, Jake. It's, I'm Don't com- address the crowd like there's some fourth wall to breach here. <laughs> you guys. Hi, all my buddies. Hey, everybody at this table. Hey, how everybody doing? out there in whatever land. <laughs> this will be heard. And then special guest, Harley. Yay! How are you? I'm great. Yeah. We had you on before. You were kind of off in the background. This time you actually get your own microphone. Ooh. Yeah. I'm stepping up in the world, you guys. Damn. Oh, dude. I'm just going to move that. Well, you you were doing this, though. (laughs) I was trying to color. Yeah, I wasn't doing that. I was... I was I was busy hammering down on the bong. Yeah. I didn't have time to really I kill was, my drink. That's I was, why I spilled my drink on myself. I was yeah. sloshing this Yeah, thing Jake down. was spilling it down his throat. It tastes yeah. like the, candy. The proper place. It's it delicious. really does. What I is mean, this? It was... Tell us what this drink is, God, this mystery yeah. drink you've given it's us. It's candy drink. Uh, it's mostly acid. The walls are melting. Uh, Thank God. The walls <laughs> yeah. are melting. I've been waiting for this. I knew that you guys would appreciate that. As long as we don't end up like that guy at the bus stop, I'm cool. The cerebral palsy oh, guy? The one that we saw tonight. Yeah. This is one of those moments where I wish I wasn't friends with comedians and that the person telling me he just spiked my drink with acid was completely serious. Right? <laughs> Fuck that, dude. Because that, be, that would be tops. That would be, be the, the best. I wouldn't be like, yes! But uh, I think it's a joke. I didn't have to pay for acid tonight, you guys. Like, I had it's so expensive. In it, and would. it's so easy to get fake shit. That 2CB? Uh-uh. Yeah? Yeah, I don't know about all that shit. That that TCI, that fake Molly, you know about that? Nah, that chemical shit coming out of China. Mm-mm. I don't know. I want you to say the same thing, except you're talking about kale. Go. 
that full-on kombucha shit. You know what I'm talking about? I don't even know that. That's a wet fungus hanging around in some tea. That's some full-on Asia shit, yo. That's not even He's real kale, ass kale. not kombucha. That's all the same. Isn't kale kombucha? No, I don't, I don't even is, know what's what. What is kombucha? Kombucha is a is fermented a drink. Kale is a Does fungus. it have kale in it? Uh, I guess it could. I don't think there's... Would it make uh, it better? No. Kale is a leafy green of some kind. I know what kale What's is. What's that shit that's like Napa, Cali- Napa cabbage? What is it? <laughs> Napa Bok choy. Bok choy. Yeah, oh. that bok choy, that fake kale shit. Hey, bok, bok choy is not fake not kale. Not fake kale. No. It's it's an Asian Have you ever seen kudzu? Celery? It takes over whole areas. Georgia has been completely lost Can to kudzu. Can you eat it? Kudzu? Yeah, You've never heard of kudzu? Is that like an anime character? No. no you should know kudzu. Oh. It's crazy. Yeah, kudzu. They brought it in to stop uh, erosion problems sound. in Atlanta, but now it's like growing over the whole city. It's taken over the entire southeast, actually. Yep. Just like Trump. That is the loudest sound ever. <laughs> this? Yes. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Yeah, Never when, do that again. You when you run anyway. your fingernails across the microphone, that makes noise. <laughs> all right, I think we're all set and we're ready to go. Are there any any specific topics that we want to cover? Anything? I mean, when I had Adam here earlier, we went over the regular topics, and this is considered an after-party episode, so we can talk about whatever the fuck we want, not just comedy. You got something you want to talk about, Jake? He looks like he does. Yeah, I think you got something you need to get He's got something else. Really if I sit down at a table like humans and decide who's better, black or white people. Clearly right. not white people. Well, definitely this, not white people. They fine. don't have my vote. But right. I do like my hair. I, yeah, white it's people. It's blonde and it's white beautiful hair. You have it's nice hair. It's natural. Yeah. Also, all right, race war. Here we go. Dreads. All right. I like my blue eyes. Dreads are pretty awesome though. But have I, you seen this? But I would never skin. do them with white this dreads? hair. No, no, never. I would never do. I would never do white dreads. All right, here we go. We got race. We got race. I, but I think dreads Let's are pretty cool race. though. I Save it for the podcast. Whoa, this is the podcast. Oh, is it already? We're already in it. We're in it? <laughs> we're in it now. I thought he was going to have like a, like, all right, here we are. No. <laughs> no, we were in it now. Oh. He's going to do all this shit. Apparently, welcome to the podcast. We He's have a race do war his on our hands later. now. No, it's not a war. I don't think anybody's at a war. No, this is a race conversation. Except yeah. for you. You said race war. Yeah, you said race war. Well, it's, it was immediately I, lines were drawn. I said so I, I sh- wish I had better mocha colored skin than this white yeah. blotchy bullshit, but I, I still wish I, wish I, I had my blonde hair. Sunburned. Can you tan? Do you have the ability to tan? Yeah, I don't. I have a I lot of not. Cherokee, so I tan. have I tan really well, actually. You're, oh, you're I Cherokee. Burn, That's and then adorable. I'm white again. I'm from the South, of course. Like, half of the people there are Cherokee. No. I have Creek, Do you I have tan? Creek no, also. Not really. I mean, you know, it's not... It, no. Can you tan? Have you ever tanned? What are we, like, yeah, tan, but like, not, like, leathery. Not nice. <laughs> 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 Wait, leathery and nice are not the same thing, Jake. Uh, as in, like, not. not there was like, a woman at the bar. Tonight I don't think who anybody would. I don't think anybody would. would nice. If I was walking down the street in the summer, I'd be like, wow, look at that dude. Who he's pretty tan. I'm just like darker than this. If you, you can't see me, but I'm very white, like a toasted marshmallow. Adam turns red. That's a nice color, though. He I'm not that. Red. No, like I'm not almond? like that. Not not not. Oh, almond. almond is beautiful. Yeah, I don't have almond. Well, I don't put me in the beauty category. I don't have that. No, I'm just. <laughs> it's like if you've ever dropped like ink into glue and like watched it. What mix. a weird reference. Um, no. <laughs> that's like blue and white. That sounds like. <laughs> um, it's more cream colored, like a darker toasted cream. I just, yeah, I think I want to be like. You're like Bailey's colored? <laughs> Are we asking what I want to be or what I look like in the sun? 
what you look like after you've been in the sun for a while. For a while, it's like, uh, what is it? It's, it's, it's like it's, vanilla milk. Yeah, it's like it's like almond milk. Almond no, it's milk. Like vanilla milk. Vanilla milk. What is vanilla milk? Vanilla almond vanilla milk. Vanilla almond milk. Vanilla almond milk, I guess. It's like it's not it's not like a redhead totally. You know how redheads do not like they're just freckles. Yeah. I'm like a step below that where I can get a little color, but it's not great. So like a pop tart that didn't get quite toasted. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but warmed. It but got warm. warm. It got warmed it got up. Warm, you know it's not... warm on the inside. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But like at the outside, yeah. Okay. That's how I like my toast. Like I don't want it any sort of discolored. I just you want, want it dry. But I just not want toasted. it a little dry and crusty. Yeah. So I would be great as toast for you. Exactly. White toast. <laughs> White toast. White toast. Yeah. White toast. Dry toast. Jake. Yeah. I want you to be my toast. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Okay. With tonight at the comedy show, your opening joke was like talking about how you weren't gay. Yeah. The woman behind us, the three women. Reiterated that like four times while you were on the stage. <laughs> they were the worst. They were just they kept saying like they kept saying like like because a couple people came in late. Yeah, and they're like and they're like yeah he's not gay. <laughs> Don't they, worry, he's he not gay. gay. Yeah, like it was a big point for it's them. It's okay, he's not gay. It was a big point for them to say that a couple times while you're on stage. Like yeah, and he. Those ain't gay. ladies seem pretty sauced when they got. Do oh, you God. ever oh, yeah, go yeah. on stage and say yes I am gay? I can you? Yeah. I think you need to change. When I first started going into comedy, I was just trying to write jokes to write jokes. And as I was starting to find my voice, I was like, oh, everybody thinks that I'm gay and I'm not. That is just ripe for material. So I started writing that. I have about 10 to 15 minutes about how people think that I'm gay, but I'm not. Like, it's the whole story of how it came about this, that, I think and the you other talk thing. with your hands, but I don't think you're gay. Thank you. It's weird, the, when you had a dick in your mouth earlier, I thought you were gay, but no, <laughs> you don't. You say you're not gay, and I believe that's you. One of my he doesn't jokes. use his hands a lot when he's blowing a dick, though, and that's how you know. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, here, here's the thing, and I love this story. The best anti-heckle. Have you ever had an anti-heckle? Somebody in the audience that is trying to shut you down and just says something that just opens up all this material for you? Yeah, it happens. What is it? I I went up, opened the same way, I'm not gay, sort of a thing. Yeah. These two women completely sauced on the right side of the stage. It just as they were literally a table away from the stage. One of them turns to the other and almost this loud says, I think that he's gay. And I just <laughs> said out loud, I am not gay, and started going into that material. <laughs> and I had to stop and I turned over to them and I was like, sweetie. Not only can I, but everybody else in this room can hear you right now and know I'm not gay. But you said sweetie. Yeah. yeah. Which is the gayest thing to say. Yeah, but I was also trying to be condescending and whatnot, and she was drunk and wouldn't have realized it anyway. You're like jerking off two dicks like sweetie. I, <laughs> I think gay. when you think you're being condescending, <laughs> you're I'm being just gay. really being you're really super gay. gay. You're so gay. <laughs> I'll remember that. Anyway, but here's sweetie, the thing. Sweetie, sweetie tum-tums. Let me just tell you something right now. Oh, honey. Uh, oh, cutie. Well, first of all, let me tell you about that hair, and then we'll get into the other stuff. Second of all, those shoes, that dress, no. Not worth Third of all. <laughs> a bitch, please. Are there, is Ben cool for gay people? Is oh, God, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. We are, we are fairly. <laughs> it oh is God. good this for is you. Cool white peopleville all the way. I'm yeah. just. I'm like. I'm overly. I'm keep thinking. I'm like when I went to Ben. I was just. I don't know. It's so cool. It's so hip. Yeah. It's I don't hip. know about hip, but it's, we're. This pretty... is like Disneyland for whiter people. <laughs> Disneyland for what? Because like. <laughs> this is a Disneyland of Central Oregon, folks, in Bend. 
Yeah, there's, it is. there's how many mountains nearby where you could go and snowboard or look for wildlife or plant life yeah, or true. fungal life. And all the chicks on Tinder I saw were the, all fucking we are summer, the there's, there's boarding and paddle boarding down the Lazy yeah. Bend River. And... Think of any weather or any sort of you get all four seasons. Environment, here. yeah. We, with we are within three hours of any environment that you could ever think of. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. It's central to a playground, to a giant natural wonderland. Yeah, yeah that's dope. Yeah, we've got mountains, we've got desert, we've got woods, we've got rivers. And it's just far away enough and just expensive enough to only white people know about. It. <laughs> oh, everybody <laughs> knows about it. We're just saying only people with enough money can buy a ticket to here. But apparently, there's. He was telling me about this the last time I was here. Is that they don't want people moving here at all they don't want this place ruined yeah which is then why are they too late college? well this is where it gets good is that the story that i was telling you about bend and all these southern california people moving in right before the recession they came in and started putting up all these businesses geared towards other southern rich south southern california people like eight new sushi joints yeah exactly up, yeah. so the recession hit and all these california people were like oh we need to save money and nobody of a regular bend income could afford all of these places yeah so we were a good year or two into the recession before all those California people are like, well, recession got us too. Let's get out of Bend. Oh, so okay. everything closed down for about a year. Things started coming around, and now Bend is flourishing again. We have a college coming in pretty soon, this, that, and the other. Yeah. So it's it, – I don't know. Bend is just one of these weird oddities. Yeah. Where... Well, it seems like a college town already. That's like, yeah. Didn't seemed... they have some weird slogan, though, about not wanting to appease another? Yes. So place? here, yeah, this is the story that I was trying to, like, I forgot, but this was my point is that Walla Walla, Washington. I've been there. Yes. Um, biked through there. Walla Walla, Washington now. You biked through there. Is I did. Bend. On a bicycle, folks. Is Bend 10 years ago. Same oh. population, same type of people, okay. same white community. Almost a college town sort of a deal. Um, and then about five years ago, all these Southern California people that were coming through Bend, they're like, oh, there's already too many of us here. We're going to keep going north. A lot of them ended up in Walla Walla doing the exact same thing that had just happened to Bend. Weird. So there was Walla, a yeah. huge political campaign that the Chamber of Commerce, I think it might have been the Chamber of Commerce in Walla Walla started. And there were like, you know, yard signs and bumper stickers Brand and crosses. flyers and all this stuff. And their big campaign slogan was, don't bend Walla Walla. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Oh, man. Yeah. Walla Walla was cool when I went there as well. But I don't know. It's funny because Walla Walla is like a farming community. Yeah. It's so so like, was Bend. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the probably the biggest thing we had here was Mount Bachelor, which was skiing until snowboarding finally became a thing. And yeah. then at that point, uh, COCC became the excuse for uh, trust fund kids to go to college and just hit the mountain during the winter. So their parents are like, you have to go to school. Like, I will go to this community college right next to, like, right at the base of this mountain. Right. Yeah. Um, and then go shred the gnar every Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, we've got we've got the river Man, and lakes snow, and whatnot. <laughs> Yo, this mountain is mad decent. Yeah. <laughs> community college is mad decent, too. It's all right. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. Leisure studies is where it's at. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, uh, outdoor leadership is a huge major here. I could do that. I, it's, <laughs> it's funny to me, though, like, we were talking about the race war thing, 
in like how now we're nonchalantly the race war will be comedic. now we're nonchalantly throwing around how like this white city and this white city <laughs> and i think it lies somewhere in between the two the realistic image of what is actually going on is somewhere in between the far ends of the spectrum which is all you get in society these days is yeah. one side of the kaleidoscope or the other like if you're both looking through binoculars but at opposite ends someone's gonna see it really small and someone's gonna see it real fucking big yeah so it's trying to find it somewhere in the middle but i don't think bend is anywhere near the middle when it comes to a city like that no we are i mean i feel like if bend had more publicity we would be portland at this point it's please don't be portland. no i don't want to be portland that's why we should make a skit show about all the weird things that happen in bend we should we Put call it, it on ifc we call it bendlandia, bendlandia? <laughs> see here's here's the thing is that about a year ago there was some production company from la that came up here and made a big deal out of it and said hey send us an application and we're going to do a reality show in bend oregon what mm. gonna ruin it of course, I applied, specifically because I wanted to find out what the hell they were doing. I was like, Bend does not offer an obscure enough society to be that entertaining for yeah, a reality show. I mean... Yeah, exactly. I, I and mean, see, that's the thing. No is offense, that, but yeah, I wouldn't... This is a pretty sleepy town in yeah. the face of a couple of volcanoes. My job is to, like run around the community as much as possible for advertising, for other businesses, sponsors, stuff like that. I try to know and meet with as many people as regularly as possible. And my life is still fairly boring for reality TV. Like, I I probably do more socializing than most people that applied to that show and that I didn't even get a call back. I got one call that said, hey, yeah, we're interested. We're going to bring people in at this point in time, maybe. And nothing i assume that they got about 100 applications and none of them were interesting at all yeah <sighs> the reality of bend white bend is that what they were it's do? well that's the thing is that they thought what it was you such doing, ben? i blow glass and i snowboard yeah they thought it was yeah, such a go to community college outdoorsy town that we'd be able to support interests and whatnot like that everyone's outside like yeah Nobody, yeah, nobody here is inside long enough to actually care about what we do. Yeah. Did you come up with another issue yet, Jake, besides well, I race I, wars? I didn't feel like we really got too deep into We just talked about how tan I could get, and that was the end of the race discussion. <laughs> okay. What more do we need to what talk about? What do we need about? to talk about <laughs> besides how tan you can get? Well, you guys were mentioning dreads. You guys mentioned other things that you would like about other people of colors right but i would never ever wear dreads oh yeah you would look terrible in yeah i would look awful <laughs> an idiot. that's a personal choice i think and also a, a cultural choice it's like if i if you can pull off dreads then cool good on you regardless of race yes like, because like there's a big thing in portland like wow white dreads right but have you seen a dude with white dreads who's pulled it off I haven't seen that many. I feel like white dread Portland has died before we even really got there. Yeah, I think there's I just, think there's a handful of people who well, wear white dreads it's in like Portland. It's like that Starbucks thing. It's like there's all I see is the outrage about it. I haven't seen the actual original problem. That's a lot. We went to Humboldt it. County, California, and we saw plenty I'm of. I'm talking white about Portland, dreads. though. I know. I'm talking about Portland, like. I don't know. Portland has changed so much so quickly that like what, the white dreaded people got priced out too. Yeah, like they yeah. can't even afford. Yeah, yeah, they live with eight people now, and they're like, "Fuck dreads, dude! I need to get a goddamn job." Like I, that Portland probably has been gone before we got there. Yeah. So, yeah. 
I don't know. It's it's. I guess it's interesting to talk about, but yeah, I, I find it not that reality based. Well, and see, this is this is a weird thing that I was thinking about the other day. Is that Portland is about to become a really cool place again, because the last couple of years has been the you know eight hours a week at Starbucks, hipster sort of you know retiring at 23 sort of person yeah the as we're coming out of this recession people can now charge regular prices of what they were charging before which means that these you know five part-time hours a week is no longer cutting it which means that all of these little hipster kids that think they know the world and have an opinion on everything will be moving back to their little podunk town which oh my god they have friends on facebook who have been waiting so long for them to have to move back oh yeah home so oh, yeah. they could lord it over them ha you didn't escape motherfucker <laughs> you're right back here with us yeah yeah but that's not gonna make portland cooler that's gonna make portland this fucking little weird corporate playground like it's not gonna be dope it's gonna be fucking boring as shit portland's probably yeah. gonna get really lame like people are moving like people are already looking at it and like god portland sucks compared to what are you two yeah but see here's the thing especially for comedy i feel like it's an upside because every single open micer that talks about late night taco bell and how they can't get a girlfriend or boyfriend right gone yeah you know that's a majority of all portland open you mean that there's gonna be a dating pool for the comics no i well yes I'm saying that all of the 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 hipsters that think that they can do comedy just by doing an open mic, the um, I don't know the ones that are just too self-absorbed to take ridicule from other people and it, listen to their peers. It's weird to see Portland move so quickly from the scene of what I was told it was in comedy to what I discovered and then to what it is now. Yeah, as compared to a place that looks what? very similar to it which I would say is Boston, who is a, is a place that you could go to Boston right now, anyone in this room, and you could get stage time tonight. Yeah. Because they have a million open mics. There's like seven a night every night of the week, every night of the year. They have almost no showcases, and they have very few paying shows. Mm-hmm. And that's their, it's every comedian's gripe in Boston. And that's the way the scene is almost shaking out in Portland right now, where there's almost no paid gigs unless you do corporate or unless you do something that's like private uh, booking. Uh, And everything else is you could get stage time any night of the week in Portland if you wanted to. But that's great. And you can make friends like that. But is there really a a comedy scene? Can you say there's like a a flourishing scene where people come out to see it outside of the clubs? Yeah. And that's a question that it's it's you want to to see that, but in place in a lot of places there isn't that. There's just a lot of people who say they're comedians who go on stage who do com- a lot of comedy, or who are just on stage for a lot of time. Yeah. Well, here in Bend, we have for as long as I've been doing it here, about every six months or so, we'll get a wave of six or seven local people or people that just moved here that are interested in doing comedy, being a part of comedy. And six months later, maybe two of them are still performing on a regular basis. So well, yeah, that's an any scene. Yeah, yeah. You get the wave of people that you're like, well, I didn't know we had all these new because like, I mean. Two and a half years isn't a long time, but it's enough time to be like, damn, there's like people below me now. Like I didn't. Yeah. I always, when you start, you're always the new guy, but eventually, you're if you stick with it, you're not the new guy. Yeah. And yeah. You're just like, oh, there's like worse people than me. Like holy shit, there's like these dudes who've been doing it four months and they totally suck. I just kind of suck now. Yeah. And- well, but do you, there's everyone knows that guy 
in local theater who the only reason he's the head of the theater troupe is because he's been there longer than everyone else. (laughs) And that everyone else who who was better than him has left and gone on to bigger and better things. And so now the only reason he's in charge is because he's just been there for 20 years. And there's a shit ton of those people who are around who claim significance over other people just because they've got 20 years under their belt. But if you've got 20 years and you've done nothing with it, then what have you done? And there's a lot of people like that in, and it's not just in comedy, it's in all kinds of performance art who are around who just because they've been in the scene for long enough, they think that that gives them priority. And I, there are, that's, this is where I was going with the, the younger hipsters of Portland is that they have an idea that either you're a comic or you're not. If you have performed jokes on stage, you are a comedian. And that's all you have to do. And once you're in that, once you've made that one step, you're good to go. Everything's just comedy after that. They don't realize that there are steps and avenues and mafias and corporations within the comedy world. I wish there wasn't as much cloak and dagger to comedy as there was, as there is, where people are like, you ask them for help for, and it's a common question from young comedians. Oh, how do I get shows there? And it's hard to explain how do you get shows anywhere. It's just like, do you know someone there? How do things shake out? But to people who don't understand those things, it seems like you're hiding something from them. Like you're not telling them something that you could. And from from my side of the fence, it's it's hard for me to explain. So I it, I don't I don't want to explain it because then it's going to be confusing and I'm going to say it wrong yeah. and then it's not going to come out right. So I just don't want to explain it. And then I think about myself when I first started comedy asking those same questions to people. And when they gave me that answer, I was like, they're fucking lying to me. They're hiding it from me. They just don't want to tell me because they don't want me taking their rooms. They don't want me going in there and fucking taking their work from them. And it has nothing to do with that. I think it's a lot more perceived cloak and dagger to it than there really is. And But then there are people out there who do purposefully not tell you about things or not tell you about people who you could work with who would yeah. help you out or rooms that it would be great for you to work in and those people are assholes yeah I mean I don't know just starting comedy is a confusing thing because you're starting both in an art and a business at the exact same time and like I think in Portland like there is a lot of focus on the art where it's like yeah you get tons of fucking stage time but they're, they're all, the other thing about Portland currently is that it's an extremely young scene yeah. like besides a handful of like veteran comedians who've been around the block it's all people within maybe five years who've done it from zero to five years yeah that's not a lot of experience in the long run when you're talking comedians who have careers of 30 years well anybody that makes it past five years moves out of portland they go to well no that's not true in one way or another (laughs) but like i know three comedians in portland who are over their 30 year mark really have they been in portland the entire time or did they end up in portland but they're just like, you know, those people are not necessarily, and it's not in their job, but it's not like there's a bunch of vets to kind of be like, hey, young ones, I'll teach you the ropes of yeah. the game, you know? So a lot of people are coming in and like, oh, I want to do comedy? Cool. There's eight open mics. I'll do these eight open mics. And then they kind of just figure it out as they go, you know? So like, I don't know. It's just, it's a, I'll go to bat for Portland comedy because I think it creates a lot of good comedians. Like, oh yeah, people who come there will be like, "Damn, at three years, I was not at that level." Because they do get a ton of stage time. Yeah, they don't necessarily get a ton of stage time in a lot of diverse rooms because there a lot of them are very similar. Like, yeah, it's a lot yeah. of friendly, maybe claps from your other comedy peers. There's not always generally 
you can't have 15 open mics in a city and expect an audience at every one. There's just not enough people to give a fuck about open mic comedy. Yeah. But it does give comics, like, you see comics who are like, wow, they've only been doing it for a little bit of time and they've gotten way better. Mm-hmm. Whereas you see other scenes where you're like, you go to different scenes, you're like, damn, dude, you've been doing it for three years and like, this is where you're at. Like, what? It's like, because they don't have the time. It's just simple practice. You yeah. Know? So, well, they, and there's also a difference. I think it's, to me, op- I view open mics like a, like the gym. Right. Like, they're a place to go work out. Yeah. Just work through shit. And there are some people, like, if you've ever been to a gym that you see that go in there and they use the equipment, and you can tell right away just by watching them, they have no fucking clue how to use that equipment. Right. Yeah. They have, they've never been to a weightlifting class. They've <laughs> never been to any kind of gym orientation. Yeah ever which yeah. is amazing with our new school systems how they've escaped that yeah but they'll get in there and they have no clue what they're doing and it's the same in comedy you can see people at open mics you have no they're using these tools that they just they're like a kid playing with building blocks that they don't quite understand yet how they fit together and you, you want to just like be like no you put your leg through there and then you adjust it this way and then move the seat up and yeah. then you're good to go but there's not enough places that where people can give that feedback to each other and there's not enough scenes that have that as their main message where it's like in this scene everybody helps each other everybody gives each other feedback everybody is lending into each other and that way we all help each other yeah there's too many scenes where it's you're either in this strata of people who do well or you're in this strata of people who do poorly or you're in this strata of people who do well some of the time because it's a progressionary thing. You're either in the people who do who are amazing, who do well all the time, or you're down here in the muck with the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah, and a scene is just a weird thing in general because I think humans have a tendency to, like, once there's any type of structure, we push people into certain roles. Yeah. Regardless yeah. of merit, often, like, people, you go into some scenes and, you like, you see the top comic, and you're like, that dude blows. Like, why is he your best comic? And it's just like, well... We needed a top comic, so, like, we have a scene. We need the best of the scene. It's yeah. just, like, that's just fucking animal brain doing that shit, yeah. you yeah. know? And it's just, like, you have to well, look at that and just be, like... That's... I... And I talk with a comedian who I really uh, enjoy in Portland named Dan Weber, who is fucking amazing, if you've never seen him before. But he and I both agree, I think, on a similar topic, which is... The, we were talking about the other night, which was a competition comedy sucks a big, giant donkey dick. Yeah. It's stupid. It's completely arbitrary. The yeah. entire oh, yeah. system of measuring com. The only way you could have a comedy competition that was accurate is if everyone was doing this exact same style of comedy. If you separated it into genre and class, yeah, and then you measured all the same only people who do ha ha or knock knock jokes versus all the people who do long form storytelling or all the people who do this kind of joke or yeah. all the people who do political comedy. That would be the only way you could have a real competition and then you would have to have judges who were specific to that. Yeah. It'd be outrageous. There'd be no way yeah. to really narrow it down that hard. And anytime you have a comedy competition, it's stupid. And 90% of the time, they're bringer shows. There's some kind of way to turn money for the, the, the venue. Not And they're in no way helpful to the comedians. And... I well, think, they're helpful to the comedian who wins. Yeah, they're helpful <laughs> to the comedian who wins, and that's it. Because then they can and have a title. All it does is encourage that thing that we're talking about yeah. that is not helpful to the comedy community, which is infighting and backbiting and a bunch of people who think that there's a structure here that there should be that there really isn't. Oh, I, I produced Last Comic Standing Ben 2013. When I first moved back to Ben, the comedy scene had died, so to restart it, that was my idea. And by the time I got to the idea, I was just, no. 
I, I don't want to be part of a comedy competition ever again. Yeah. And there was just so much. Well, and see, this is where, like, the backstabbing and cloak and dagger shit yeah, comes the in. Yeah, competitions bring that shit out of all Is of that it. my yeah. business partner in all of this, uh, the girl that I was working with, absolutely amazing, helped me with everything until we got to the nights of the competition itself. Her sister was competing. And at the end of every, the first two nights, what we had were baskets, and we gave tickets out to everybody. And we gave everybody, I think each person got five tickets, so you could put vote for your top five and we were narrowing it down from 20 some and on the second night uh i was noticing that people were writing names on the back of their tickets to remember who they wanted to vote for and it just so happens that my business partner her sister's basket ended up with a lot of tickets with other people's names on them which was kind of weird and then, right before the final night, we were discussing how to distribute our financial income to the people that had won, and the prizes, this, that, and the other. And for some reason, she thought that we should give 100% of our profits to the first place winner. Yeah, somebody, somebody so confident in who was going to win wanted to give it all to them. So the last night of our competition, we cut business ties immediately when she was trying to cheat for her sister. See, the competition, no matter what it is, but especially in art, in a place where people know that a decision is arbitrary, people will push and pull every advantage they can to, to cheat that yeah. invisible system that doesn't exist to judge on which they know they have control because yeah. there isn't some rigid set of rules there isn't a rubric they can they can't get around i have another story ready for another competition sure. story yeah <laughs> oregon's last comedian standing uh produced by a lady that was living here in bend for a while did central oregon's last comedian standing moved away i two years later i did last comic standing bend when i posted this she commented and said uh-huh that was it on one of my posts for this competition I later found out that she was calling other venues in town and bad-mouthing me about how I stole her entire competition and everything that she had done and sponsors and all of this shit. And I, I had never met her before. I had no idea what she did before, but she claimed that I stole everything that she had done here in Bend. She then invites me to come compete in Oregon's Last Comedian Standing. And she had to beg me to do it because I wanted absolutely nothing to do with it. And as we got into it, I like first night here in Bend I didn't get voted in whatever second night I did get voted in third night should have but I didn't get the light I don't know that was the one thing but here's the thing this is where it gets good is that the top five people that were competing they won they went on their own little tour uh, the woman that was running this whole thing and the guy who got first place are extreme alcoholics they, well, they who's not well compared to comedians they're extreme alcoholics which is saying a lot. So she got drunk one night, went to the second place person and said, Scoot, Scoot Heron. Yeah, I know this story. Yeah. Yeah. And went to the second place person and said, you should have gotten first. You got more votes. But the first place guy worked harder. So you mean oh, he, he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so he blew. That was a lot of money. Yeah, I've heard this story. Money yeah, it was, it was like yeah. a big money thing that Scoot lost out on. He was yeah, like, I he heard won it, but from... like got basically totally fucked yeah dude i mean here's what i love is that scoot has been touring he's been performing like two or three times a week amazing shows this that and the other and the guy who did end up getting first 
has performed maybe five times in the last year. <laughs> and this is this is the story that we were talking about, is that these people will never get bigger than they actually are. This guy is an example. He started here in Central Oregon. He will die here in Central Oregon. Well, there's there's all... you Competition shows are bad, yeah. And yeah. They, they really suck. But one of my favorite memories of doing comedy comes from a competition show that I got fucking tricked into doing. It was a bringer show. And the funniest thing about it was I was we were on a tour. We were on our way back down the coast. And my friend in Charlotte, North Carolina, or where was that? That no. was Charlotte. Okay. Was it Charlotte or was it? When we did with the, the comedy bringer, were you were second? Yeah. That was so Charlotte. it was in a comedy zone, which is a big comedy club on the East Coast. And... He's like, okay, we get you in the comedy zone. I thought it was going to be the feature act uh, on a night. We get in there, and he goes, okay, um, they they wouldn't let you get the one spot I was going to give you, so we're going to do get you on this Friday Night Fights, which is a three-minute competition with 15 people. Jesus. And we were already in town, so I was like, fuck it, whatever. And he goes, okay, it's it's a bringer show, so do you have any friends in the area? <laughs> like, me. no. That was it. Oh, fucking God. Charlotte, no. And I uh, just had Harley with me. And we went in there, and it was a minimum of two drinks. Harley had to buy two drinks. I had to buy two drinks. We had to fucking pay for shit. Everyone had handed out these tickets that they prepent with some dancing fucking microphone on it and their name and shit. And they had to bring five people at least. God. And they let me slide because I'm a friend of the f- producer or some shit. And it was one of the best videos I ever had that I got videotaped and I crushed three minutes. I came in second place in the competition mm-hmm. and I, I had one person there that I brought with the me. The person who won first had her entire family. Her entire family. family. She had 49 Jesus. audience members. She had 49 audience members out of the 100 or 200 some odd people that were there. Something. And she got the first place and she restarted her joke three times in the three minutes she, <laughs> she fucked did not it even up finish her she joke. fucked it up and restarted it three times and didn't even finish it jesus and she was she'd only been doing comedy for like five five weeks see this is why we were giving out multiple tickets is because obviously there were people like we had one comedian that came to me beforehand he's like hey i want to buy 20 tickets okay and you're gonna pay for all of those cash yes I invited everybody to come vote for me. And like that was my first. Like on the first night I was like that that doesn't seem right. Bought all my tickets. Yeah. So Bend is very libertarian. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the idea. These they they understood. The first two nights it was audience, third night, final night, top 5, it was um judges, which were uh Richie Stratton, Will Woodruff, and then a couple of local celebrities. So, like, these were legit people that I trusted to know and not just be like, oh, this person blew me right before the show, so I'm going to vote for them. So that's why, oh, and the person who cheated didn't win specifically because of the judges, which I absolutely love. But it's the whole competition thing. It's the idea, I don't know, you can't compete in comedy. Everybody, here's the thing, everybody leaves miserable. If you leave second place or lower, you leave miserable be- miserable because you're like, no, fuck that. I know that I'm better than that person. Or you leave in first place, leaving thinking all of those people hate me now. Or or thinking that you're hot shit and you're amazing even mm. though you won on some kind of collusion of all yeah. kinds of materials all coalescing together to eclipse into you winning because it all folded out that way that night. Yeah. 
when with comedy it all depends on the crowd the night the energy the room everything it all it all comes together to create a good night and you just got to hope for more times than not that you have a great night even your placement in a competition yeah like to tell me that the guy who takes bullet has the same chance as the guy who's bullshit. like in the fucking nice that six is, spot. Yeah, bullshit. Uh, yeah exactly. There's no way 12. to not have a bullet. Exactly. So one yeah. person's like, kind of like, well, I guess I have to warm up the crowd for all the other comics who just get to wait. I get to, to just shit yeah. for four minutes. Yeah, like, I don't know. that that It is what it is. I mean, it's like, yeah, I don't know. One competition isn't going to make or break you anyways. You know, like, yeah. it'll get you some places. It definitely helps people who win. It definitely helps people yeah, who Yeah, it is. For somebody that is just starting out, it's a great way to get your name out there. But yeah. somebody who's already been doing comedy, it will crush your spirit just yeah. a day or two. I in. mean, it is what it is. But, like, yeah, the, big, yeah, the biggest thing you got to do is just practice anywhere you fucking can. Yeah. You'll be fine. <sighs> do you have anything else, Jake, that you want to talk about besides race wars? I, had, I said competition comedy was what my thing to bitch about tonight. You got it off your chest? Yeah. yeah. The competition comedy was what I wanted to, to, to cry about for a minute. Well, I think it's, it's you then. You get a chance. Harley? Because you have... Okay, Jake had race wars. I feel I, like race wars is getting painted. Like, we're just talking about race. We're just talking about race. Okay, I don't want what, anybody no, to No, what about the race wars then, Jake? Let's go deeper. We talked about how you tan. Yeah, we talked about how you tan. Do we, we think or don't there will tan. be a race war in our lifetime? Do you think the people will divide? If Trump is elected, yes. Really? You think one man as president no. will divide the country so heavily based on race alone? If Bernie Sanders is elected, yes. One man, do you think, will do it? I think if Bernie Sanders or Trump is elected, there will be some kind of racial divide. But who do I think could get us through it to the other side? Definitely not Trump. Oh, Ted Cruz obviously can get us through all of this. That's, <laughs> that's gonna that's what's gonna save us, Ted Cruz. Take a cruise to the easy route. Oh my god. No, I think that if I'm already applying for my visa. Oh gotta get out. If Donald Trump is elected president of the United States, I'm leaving. I think that it will solve all of America's problems. I have a lot of cousins who live in in Holland who are hoping Donald Trump gets elected. They're laughing at us. No, here's you what guys. I'm saying. They're laughing. That it will be the best thing for America It'll when Donald Trump breakdown. is elected. Everybody with a triple digit IQ here. will leave the country. <sighs> And we'll start someplace else. So America will become the South. Yep, the whole country. All of the intelligent people will leave. You know how? Oh my god! <laughs> the whole country. I just Not my kidding. only things with these scenarios is that like the the clear like brutal violence that is going to come with these is never talked about. Like if America fell, like actually really did collapse, the amount of blood running through the streets would just oh, yeah. be. You could swim in that shit. I mean, it's just like... So, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I understand that yes, America is on the wrong track for a lot of things, but, like, hoping for its downfall is just, like, you're just basically signing a lot of innocent people oh, yeah. to yeah. death. Watch any zombie movie. You're pushing that red button is what you're saying. You're you're releasing the nukes. You're destroying a lot of things. It's just, yeah, I mean... You're the zombie apocalypse is a metaphor for the collapse of the U.S. economy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and they because keep making those apocalypse a, shows whole, because they want... There's yeah. an entire class about that at Harvard right now, yeah. I think, right? Yeah. It's oh, about how sure. zombie Wouldn't economics... Yeah. But see, that's the idea, is that if you watch any zombie movie or comic book or whatever, this, that, and the other, the first 30 days 
you are more likely to be killed by another human being than you are a zombie. Yep. Yeah, totally. I, yeah. I mean, Stupid that's why people our, are more dangerous than zombies I went themselves. to a three-day zombie apocalypse response team <laughs> camp in South Carolina, yeah. which was uh, run by uh, ex-Special Forces and Green Berets, and it was using an uh, urban military training course that they had formerly used but then had been decommissioned, so they bought it and used it for this training camp. And then they helped us procure maps of all the areas that we lived in, and then we would circle things like Walmarts and ammo dumps and uh, local military help stations, uh, write down all the channels of all the different emergency bands and everything, how to how yeah. to rewire a radio, a lot of stuff in three days. And then uh, the last day we did all kinds of scenarios through urban settings and all of them through all of the different types of zombies through everything. The number one thing to do that they talk about, whether it's a zombie or even a terrorist attack, any kind of horrible thing that happened to America. <laughs> like zombie and terrorist are like on the same plane. It was in South Carolina. In this like <laughs> scenario. Zombies but the number one zombie, terrorist, communist, whatever is coming. If America <laughs> breaks down and it, and it goes everything goes to the wind the thing they recommend is a bug out bag yeah and to go into the woods and to stay in the woods and to stay away from people and to stay away from everything yeah for as long as possible until you don't hear anything yeah until it all goes until quiet. the shot the shots slow down yeah until <laughs> like until popcorn it all... yeah yeah it's not uh, yeah it's at the end of the microwave yeah. session it's just pop, one until seven. it's over and then you go back in and start gathering what everyone else didn't use because everyone's wasteful, stupid, and will kill each other. You'll yeah. go back in and take what they didn't use, and then all you have to do is fight off the people who had to survive all that shit. Yeah. Right, the hardcore, the hardcore survivors people. who have killed their All you gotta do members. is avoid them, which you're doing a good job of doing already, yeah. and no. then go in and scavenge. People seem to think that weapons and scavenging are very important at the beginning of the zombie apocalypse. No. no. Survival is very important. Yes. Whether it's the collapse of the economy. Okay. Whether it is the zombie apocalypse or President Trump, you'll have the first 24 hours. Go you, to the woods. No, no. Yeah. You have 24 hours to get your shit together and get out of society. All right. Because the next 30 days. We're all going to come back and you're like, where did you go? <laughs> You just left your job. You're fired, dude. You're fired. I'm wondering. In the words of new President Donald Trump, you're, you're fucking fired, fired dude. Fucking <laughs> fired. <laughs> oh, I had my bug out bag. I was just in the woods for two weeks. I didn't hear yeah. any gunshots. It's like, yeah, nothing happened. You're yeah. fired. You're fired. You get out of here. As soon as any of this shit happens, even and see, this is this is my actual theory is that uh, just stress the stress level of the United States where it comes to race and sexuality and religion and all of this other shit that's on the table right now yeah. is that all of this is just boiling at this point and eventually I don't know if it's going to be a person doing something or some sort of natural uh, I don't know natural event like a volcano or an the earthquake. big one yeah the big one's gonna strike but there is going to be something that drives enough people into survival mode that it will affect the u.s economy and everything will just crumble from that point like another on. katrina yeah something no, like it's that be bigger than that yeah it's gonna drive more than a just a couple here. cities like this is we're talking it's gonna be the big one and that big one's gonna release a lot of toxins and then the zombie apocalypse is gonna happen <laughs> due to the big one and then the hurricanes are gonna eat it's up gonna the gonna Gulf of Mexico it's gonna strike the southeast which will release 
zombie DNA from the CDC. No. See, when they're sprinkling chemtrails over the top of our air, it's to protect us from the zombie no. radiation waves that, that are coming through crazy. the bunker walls. That's... They make them three and a half foot thick, lined with lead, but you really can't get around that radiation. You see, the aliens brought it down in their ships with your triangular and have kind of a texture of aluminum foil on the outside, just like my helmet, as you see here. But see, Bigfoot is working in coordination <laughs> with the CDC. He is using his blood to help us figure out an AIDS cure, but it turns out that it makes us all turn into zombies. I don't think anyone has anything I, to say to oh that. Oh no, we're we're all we're still absorbing <laughs> everything that, that he just said. Um, A lot try to parse, just happened. parse the bullshit from the semi bullshit. I think it's my, being held at Fort Knox right now. <laughs> I think the thing for me that's actually scary is that all the stuff you said, like, no, I mean, there's people who believe in that stuff separately, not all together. Well, I don't know. Yeah, whatever their <laughs> no, fantasy is. There's at least a dozen people out there that believe exactly word every word, word what, what you I just yeah, said. Like, if they hear this, they're like, there's another. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing, is that there's another dozen people that will hear this and then believe that. Yeah. Shit. I think the, the scariest thing is that that doesn't scare me as much, because that at least is something in a way that's, like, in some way uncontrollable. If mm -hmm. a fucking giant volcano or an earthquake just erupts, I'm like, all right, that's just the game. Yeah. But the cold, like, harshness of other humans just like, you know what? Let's just fucking kill a bunch of people. You, you mean the fact that within two... Two generations, we're going to watch the earth slowly die underneath our feet. Yeah. It's going to become an uninhabitable, and that all of our attempts to remove ourselves from this planet will be unsuccessful, and we'll watch our progeny die and suffer in untillable soil. Yes. Yeah, I'm not having kids. Yeah, me either, for that exact reason. Yeah. That I don't want to see them suffer through that. Yeah, I feel like at some point we're going to have a crime on the books, like future crime, as like you had a kid. And you knew this was coming? Like, you're no. going to jail. You're going that to jail. That was very jail. irresponsible of you. Yeah. You know we don't have enough supplies for this. Future torture. Yeah. <laughs> Here is, here's how I want to die. Is here in Bend, in the middle Lay of town. Lay Queen Bee. Oh, yeah. Gets, <laughs> this, is, this, this is where it goes down. Is that I, there is a hill just in the middle of town, a butte, that you go to the top of. You can see all the mountains, everything around you. Is it Black Butte? But you're, no. Klaus, Pilot Butte. But you go to the top of this and you can see everything around you and this is how I want to die. I want to be up there as the planet Earth is either being hit by a meteor or being sucked into a black hole or something like that where I can oh. stand there and see from a million miles away the Earth just disintegrate slowly coming towards me. That'd be cool. And my last thought is I'm going out but so is the rest of humanity. <laughs> That is an egocentric death. Right? Do you, do you <laughs> like, honestly think that that would be a high enough vantage point to see the rest of that? And also, if a meteor hits the Earth, that the volcano you're in, standing on is not going to explode erupt. and immediately. <laughs> yeah, but we just shed all over your. Death. Don't ruin my death <laughs> yeah, for me, jeez. How do you, you, you want to die? Jay? You're making my death less pleasurable. How do you want to die? Or, I'm okay. so sorry. How do you want to die and be and be buried? Die, uh, death and burial. My death, I haven't thought too much about my death. I would like to be I need shot more alcohol out. alcohol to talk about death. I would like to be shot out into space. <laughs> Three more drinks. Meet, cheers, cheers, and Empty amen. Cheers, yeah. D amen. There's I was no drinks in those. I, know, I don't care how I die, but I would love my ashes blown into space. Dude, yeah. I want, no, I want my fucking cadaver frozen and then sit 
instruments on me and just push me and be like, all right, I think this trajectory will hit him in around Jupiter in like 30 years. <laughs> Get him to a planet somewhere, an exoplanet. Yeah. That'd be great. Why because not? Why not? That's an ultimate science. And then no you matter ever have... where you go on Earth, if you're trying to get away from someone else, you're just getting closer to someone else, some other asshole. How? If you walk away from an asshole, you're just getting closer to another asshole. It's a sphere. Yeah. You can't do it. The only way to get away from assholes, blow yourself into space. Yeah, I would That's love it. to do that. Also, when God comes back, he's going to be like, one, two, three. Where is, where is Jake? Where is Adam? <laughs> where are these two assholes? Where do they go? Where? Not everybody's here. Not everyone is. And that'd be awesome. That would be a trick. That would be a trick for me, especially because for Christians, hardcore Christians, to have heaven on Earth for the end times, they have to have all the Jews in Israel. All the Jews. Not this motherfucker. I'm going to be in fucking space. They're going to get that body back. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking come out to Saturn, dude. All the way out into the xenon cluster. Bye, Bye fuckers. Bye. Jesus is just like, well, no we're not doing this. You. We're not doing this not until the Jews every goddamn Jew is here. Go get your Jew. Before Go we freeze them. you, can we make sure that you're just like sunglasses, middle fingers up? Yeah. <laughs> and I want, I want the camera every like ten years to just slowly rotate towards my dead face. <laughs> like they have to see my corpse and then go it's back on a to dead space. timer. Like yeah, just, ten yeah. years is like oh. There's a sticker on the backside of the capsule that says Jesus is my co-pilot. <laughs> <laughs> Cruising. Just wrapped in an Israeli flag so they know like, you'll never get this one. You'll I was never actually, get this one. I was talking to a friend the other day about like interstellar gravity, all this stuff coming out. Is being in a spacesuit, losing your grip on the space station and just floating out into space and how horrible of a death that would be. But I thought about it and honestly, not that bad. You'd run out of air after probably like twelve to twenty four hours. You would freeze, you'd freeze, you would freeze before anything. But here's the best thing is that your last memory would be freezing or suffocating this, that, and the other. You know Sounds what your awesome. next memory would be? Waking up as a clone on an alien planet. That's true. What? That would be cool. You wouldn't actually remember either running out of yeah, oxygen fuck, or fuck, freezing because you would just fall asleep. Well, so but you would remember, remember yeah, you remember going to sleep. And then you'd wake and, up. And, and being like, very frightened you. because you were watching Earth. He gave you two inches on that dick, boy. Away. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it all like honestly, if if we found an alien in a spacesuit just flying through space, we would go yeah, to so much frozen. effort to grab it, bring it back here, and try to reanimate it. In some actually, way. there are aliens on planet yeah, Earth. We've, done <gasps> we've already what? done that. They're here with us, My among us. One nip to pick. We about saw aliens. which was a great movie, a wonderful movie, especially since we snuck a bunch of like strawberries in there and got yeah. real drunk. We're real classy. Did you? I yeah. Mimosas, that's yeah. a great movie to get drunk to. Three hours, you? dude. I had to pee though. That yeah, sucked, dude. You're that's like, bad. You're like, he's like doing the books and you're like, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> I can only drink more. Yeah. That's all I can do. I could my, pee right now, but something's going to happen. My one nit to pick was that they missed out on a great line where he could just, he said quasars get infinitely older. And I was like, but I stayed the same age. All right, all right, all right. And he didn't say it. He didn't fucking say it. I was like, come on. There's a show that's only on Yahoo screening. If you can, if you can download it, find it, whatever. It's called Other Space. And the, it's a group of these, like, think of it as, like, pre-Star Trek. So it's these cadets on a training mission, and they're in this ship. They get sucked through a black hole. And one of uh, – one of the young Franco kid, the – what's the little brother's name? Not James Franco. The other one. Sure. Dave. Steve, Dave Franco. Steve. Dave. Dave, Dave, Dave. Dave Franco. Yo, Bob Franco, Jared. get over here. Tito, Tito Franco. Franco. Huh? 
<laughs> Regis Franco. Um, but he plays this character, Carl Franco. and he's Juan just playing Franco. this really, really cool guy, kind of Jacob a surfer Franco. accent sort of a deal. And they would like ask him questions, Frank and he would Franco. just say this, that, and the other. <laughs> he's like a hot and, astronaut. Yeah, and for three episodes, <laughs> I was gonna make people hot. For three episodes, <laughs> you don't even realize it that he is actually an alien clone that only speaks in Matthew McConaughey quotes. Oh, hot dude saying hot man's lines? Yeah, that's it. For three episodes, you don't even realize it. He's having actual conversations with people, but they they tap into his... Jim Franco pretending to be Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Eight-pack right here on Franco. And it's fucking hilarious. Because I thought you were going to say his eight pack was gorgeous. I think you're a little gay. I'm not Beautiful. that gay. So you were talking about a specific gentleman that just did not appreciate the process of becoming a stand up comedian. Dude, I've talked about it's weird. I've been on like this is the third podcast I think this week. It just happened to run into, but I've talked about this and it's cool. I'm glad because well, aren't you the popular one? <laughs> look at me. I'm just falling out of control here. Um, you need to calm down. Yeah, I need to. I heard that's how you become famous, so you're well on your way. Yeah. You're like the Paul F. Tompkins of the Northwest podcasting. We're going to talk, folks? Are we going to... Sh- <laughs> we are. I remember so, when I knew Jake Silverman before he was famous. Yeah, we, when he blew up, it was crazy. It was the fourth podcast. Yeah. Pinky's, Pinky's out. up, baby. Pinky's out. But the point that I wanted to add to this, and why I wanted to get back on the mics before I said anything, is that yeah. there is something that I have noticed, is that this I mentioned earlier, there are like these waves here in Bend of like six, yeah, in any six or seven, yeah, yeah, that come in depending on population i'm sure it's much bigger in portland it is but out of every group there's at least one or two that just does not cut it and i can tell right away because the second they come in i try to say well this is how you need to do it you need to go here you need to talk to these people you need to get this stage time you need to work on these things oh no 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 no. i'm gonna do it my way no and i did it my way. But yeah, it's like, no, 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 no. I mean, I understand that's a way to do it, but I'm going to do it different. <laughs> no, 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 no. Look, I, my beef is not with, like, what it, look, as long as you're doing a bunch of comedy right when you start, that's the thing. And, like, yeah. what we were talking about earlier, like, Portland is a good scene for beginners because it is, like, mm-hmm. mic central. You can hit four yeah. mics without breaking a sweat in a night. Oh, you can do, you can, thanks to Kyle Harbert and James Borelli, I've you can quintuple dip. And, call and Iron Man. Yeah. yeah, I've done five in a night. Dip. If you're a sadist. Yeah. <laughs> if, <you're... laughs> yeah. if you literally have nothing to do from the hours of 6 and you to hate 1 yourself and yeah. everyone else. Yeah. You can do that. And yeah. like that's great, but I see these comics come in and it's just like, or, or the other thing is like people who, let's say, are not doing a lot of shows or booking a lot of stuff, but also aren't doing a lot of mics. But then they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm still in the game. It's like, to me, you got it, you're in the game by doing comedy. Yeah. You didn't do comedy three months ago, and you're still a comedian. Yeah. You renew that subscription every day you get on stage. It's not a fucking. Yeah. It's not a. I did it five months ago, and there's now no I'm, sinner's prayer for comedian. No. For comedy. You go up <laughs> and you do your time on the mic. And yeah. That, it's like it's a. My big thing is this. Like I'm, I'm into sports, so it's easy for me to do a sports analogy. But like, no one would take a basketball player seriously if they're like, "Yeah, I just don't want to practice for like four weeks. I just want to take four weeks." It's like, wait, what? Like you're trying to make the NBA and you're not yeah. taking just all this time off. But in comedy, it's like appropriate to be like, 
oh, I'm taking a bit of a break. It's like, this is the third break you've taken in the first year of comedy. Maybe this isn't for you. That's you not a break. Yeah. That's just somebody who can't find stage time. It's no, who doesn't want no, stage doesn't. time? Yeah, yeah. It's like, not that you can't find it. It's that you're not willing. Well, to they don't know how. Yeah, you're not, yeah, not going to take it. They don't you're know how to not pursue take it. it. And everybody needs a different amount of stage time with a different amount yeah. of types of people. Yeah. Everybody needs to be in front of all the different types of crowds. It, but it's just weird to me that that's like it, I, I've only found that in comedy. I haven't found that because I played sports. I played you know high school no, basketball I, stuff, and I just I sing I would, professionally still. Uh, I do. Uh, I'm a hired gun for church choirs, usually in yeah. during Christmas time. Uh, Catholics pay the best; they have the deepest pockets, and they will pay you around two to three hundred dollars to do midnight mass and an extra hundred and fifty kicker if you stick around for the morning mass. So, not a bad gig on Christmas, especially if you're as Christmas hating as I am. <laughs> kind of like a sweet, yeah, weird irony to take yeah, their yeah, money yeah. while you sing about stuff you don't believe in. Yeah. So, <clears throat> it's. In that community, in musicians, you'll hear that shit all the time. People taking hiatus, like a full yeah. hiatus. I got to stop playing my instrument for a few months and go to like Bali and the Philippines and shit and just take time off from it. And that's a normal thing you hear from people where they just got to rest their chops. No. I, I, oh, dear God. But those, those people are always, when they come in, they always have the shakiest sight reading. They take way too long to get back in with the sound. They don't listen to other people well. They can't. They can't perform on a team well. They can't yeah. hit their notes well. It's because they're out of practice. It's. It, I mean, yeah. I just don't understand that. And you know, you don't want to burn out. I guess. I mean, I guess I yeah. can see the argument. You don't want to burn out, but I don't get this. Like, uh, just do it. Comedy to me is seems like the most sadistic hobby you could ever. Because like. Uh, there, you know, there are people who just want it as a hobby. They have no professional yeah. goals. I disagree. I completely enjoy comedy, in to all of its extents, and I don't find any kind of sadism out of it. No, no, no. My point was this: like the people who go up like once a month. Yeah. I would. I can't imagine a worse feeling. Like you know, you're gonna bomb because you haven't practiced. You know, you haven't written new jokes, but you're gonna get up in front of a group of strangers to try to make them laugh for three to five minutes. And it's I don't know that that's personal speak. I would yeah. kill myself if I had to do do this like once a month. It's either for me it's just all in or three to five minutes once a month. Yeah, like you can go up and be like ah this is I know this won't work, but I haven't put any more work into it, so it's not gonna I don't know. That's just, just me. I once I don't want to do it every day, I'm not gonna do comedy. Is what I'm like. Yeah. I'll yeah. be done with comedy once I'm just like if I ever hit a point where I'm like I just. I don't want that stay time. I'll be like, yeah, it's not for you anymore, man. You, mm-hmm. just, you shouldn't do this. You should go on to fucking something else. Well, I'm at a point right now where I have done, like, I have won over rooms and bend as much as I'm going to. Like, mm-hmm. my career is not, my talent is not going to get any better just sitting here. Yeah. So I'm at a point now where either I need to stop trying to do stand-up and just do the business side, or I need to start getting out of Central Oregon and performing at other places, other yeah. venues, stuff like that. Because that is the next step yeah, yeah. at that point. So it's just about having the knowledge and the networking to find the means to do that. Yeah. Well, that's why I stay traveling as much as possible. And it's weird. It's a weird kind of thing when... People, I run across people. I do tour guiding in Portland, and people are like, "Oh, you're you're a professional comedian. Where where do you perform in town?" And it's like, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't you're perform in town. I 
I mostly perform out on the road. Yeah. I'm usually traveling through Central Oregon, Eastern Oregon, Southern Oregon, Northern California, uh, all the way up to Seattle now, out to Montana <laughs> and Billings and shit. And the cool places. Yeah, all the cool places. As many places as you can here. Uh, and on the East Coast, I still, I'm going back there uh, in on Tuesday, yeah, on Tuesday to go do a two week tour through four southern southeastern states through the heart of Dixie, and it's just about going and doing it is yeah. what it's really about. Is just I think a lot of people hold themselves back because they don't think they can just go and do it. And I I've heard a lot of people directly from word of mouth in the comedy scene in Portland who they're like, well they judge other people based on how they judge themselves. They're like, well, I don't think I'm good enough to be traveling around and doing shows, so I don't think they should be traveling around and doing shows. And that's a shitty mentality to have. Yeah. About yourself and other people. And it, it's self-deprecating, and then it expands to other people around you to bring them down. Yeah. Where it should be, I think I should be good enough to do things. I should have confidence in myself to go out and travel and do stuff. And I think that you can talk as so much shit as you want about positive thinking and all that stuff, but I think it does help to just yeah. go out and do stuff, to push yourself to just do it. Call someone in another scene, add yourself to their scenes board and say, Hey, I'm not a fucking weirdo or a creep, which is exactly what a creep or a weirdo <laughs> would say. But listen, I would just like to come and hang out in your scene for a little while, stretch my legs or like, see you guys, let you guys see me from another scene and just be an ambassador and just go and perform there and see what you get back. Yeah. And don't flood people's fucking inboxes with bullshit of like, oh, this is my video I made on YouTube of me with a plastic bag over my head talking about dicks. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that. It's hilarious. But Doesn't the guy die in the end? I think so. It's a snuff film. <laughs> yeah. It's a good snuff film. <laughs> I think for me, like, uh, the road stuff is a little intimidating because of the business side. Like, I don't have those chops, and I never really... I'm very nervous about putting myself out there in a, in a business. Like, I can do this. I, like, I can't... I have very self-confidence issues. That Like, I'm fine. I'm, like, confident enough, like, I could go to any stage and be like, all right, I can do these jokes. But to get to the point of, like, hey, random person that I've never met in... Billings, Montana, or whatever. Like, I'd like to, like, I, that for me is like a big nervous step. And that is what I kind of was talking about earlier. There is no, like, vet to be like, no, nah, it's, it's cool. Just do, you know, just do this. This is how you write that email. Like, I'm talking about basic shit. Like, how do you write an email to that person? Mm -hmm. How do you, really? Yeah. And it's oh, like, yeah, yeah. press kit, all that shit. That stuff fucking terrifies me more than you would imagine for a person who likes getting in front of random strangers. Like, that is a big thing, and that's a whole nother, that That's what I was saying. Like, you start in, as an artist and a business at the same time. And for me, all my focus is just get better at comedy. But eventually, you kind of realize, like, oh, like, there is this other thing that I've left, a, like, totally not fed at all. Like, yeah. like, no, I don't have a business card. I don't have a website. I have one YouTube video from two. You know, I have no presence online. And people are like, you have to do that. And for me, I'm just like, fuck, I just want to tell jokes. I don't give a fuck about it. <laughs> It's true though. That's my attitude. But That's what you have my... to do all that shit. But I'm learning that as I go. You know, it's like, oh, I understand how well, you have to and... network and how. But to me, I mean, dude, it's not that easy when you're antisocial. You don't like talking to people all that often. Let alone being like 
Cause it feels like bragging almost. That's what I get nervous. So I feel like I'm bragging. Like yeah, you know, yeah I hey, do. I do understand that. Not, like I can feature. At, yeah, like it's like wait, can I? Like you get that. Like wait, can I do that? Like I don't know. It is like a doubt. I have those doubts. I understand that. I mean, that's just but a weird position is, to put yourself in. From what I've learned my entire time doing comedy, is that the best thing you can find is peers in your scene, people who you respect, right. who you think do comedy, no matter what level they're on, whether they're you think beneath you or above you or whatever, that you think you're on the same level as far as intellect. You can all jam together, you can talk together, and if they know more about that stuff than you, then they're willing to share the information on how right. to get it, and they can impart it to you in a knowledgeable way. That because they think you can do with those tools what they've done and what other people can do. Yeah. And that's what you have to look for is those peers in your scene. Right. And especially in a place like Portland, like we talked about, where there's a lot of open mics and a lot of people who are doing, and my favorite term I heard for them was karaoke comedy, Ugh. where they're just people who are just yeah. grazing. They're just Wait, what, <laughs> what, like, what does that describe? How's, what kind of person Pe is that? People who are like, their friend is like, they're all drunk. Or maybe at a business meeting and they've had too many drinks and they're like, Karen, get up there. You tell jokes so well. Go get up there, oh, Karen. Okay, yeah. At an yeah. open mic. And they they get up there and they tell horrible jokes. Yeah. And there's you have a proclivity to that with a shit ton of open mics in a right. place where a lot of people like that yeah. can get up. And first timers and welcoming scene in a place where no one's gonna be mean and safe rooms and all these other things. Well, and see that's what I was saying earlier about the hipster Portland kids is that they are the karaoke types where they just see a comedy open mic and be like, ah, I'll give it a try. And once they do it and tell a joke and get a laugh, they think, oh, well, now I can be a comedian. But you got to wait through those people. you got to find the people who are willing to find a format and a structure to, to impart a system onto a full-on chaotic measure of art. <laughs> and to, to practice with other people, yeah. to share that knowledge with other people. And those are the people who you need to find in the scene. And the great thing about Portland is that I think there are a numerous amount of those people. Yeah. They, are, the, 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 they just don't know themselves that they're those kind of people. And if people walked up to them and said, hey, you're a person who is respected. You might not think it, but you are. A lot of people respect you. A lot of people think your comedy is good. And Jake, I think you're one of those people. Oh, thank you. You have good comedy. You have good structure. You have good understanding of comedy. You do well with people all over the place and in multiple areas. And you may not think that yourself, even though you have your pinky up while you're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> he, that just means he's classy. But yeah. I respect the things you say and the opinions you have. Even if I don't agree with them, I'll hear them out. And just to say that to someone else right. is yeah. a huge step to say, now we can have an open channel of discussion about what we think about something right. and yeah. then we can become better together. Yeah. And that's what I wish that show I produced with Christine would be like critical where people would come in there open-minded and open-willed and they would give what they had and other people would judge it blankly and with as much of what they believed as possible. And then everyone would walk away with a multifaceted view of something and then be able to blossom something from it. I wish that was what would happen, yeah. but it just usually dissolves into, you could say you were playing with your dick. Yeah. <laughs> and then Kyle Harvard's like, nah, say you were smacking two dicks. Yeah, say you had the God Ganesh coming on your face. Right. <laughs> say, say you ran your face into a Buick until you came. Like, yeah, it, it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> And that hurts a little, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. You should get Kyle Harvard up here. He'll fucking rock your world, man. Yeah? Have you had him? He I thinks think so, so fast. He's like a supercomputer in a oh, human body. Oh, my God, dude. He is. 
one of a fucking kind. He's like one of my. There's like a guy who who he was telling me, and I and you can see it. He's a guy who put all his effort into the art, and like could give such little of a fuck where it takes him, which is oh, really absolutely. cool. He has so much money. <laughs> which is really cool because he has a really good job. He's like a key works. He used to work at Intel. Now he's working for somebody else. But like, just he's been doing it for like ten years. I mean, he's like a vet in Portland comedy, but doesn't even get hardly booked on the local shows. You know? Yeah. Like, but is just one of the funny. Like when he's on, he is one of the funniest people in the scene for sure, hands down. His stream of consciousness is, is just like a, you haven't like seen that many people who can ever think that quick, quick on their feet. Always yeah. editing. Yet. Didn't ever really seem to put in the work to network to get his name out there. And maybe yeah. he didn't want to. I don't really know his, I don't know how he went about comedy because, you know, I've only been here for a couple of years. But, like, that's a guy I'm like, why is he just – why is he open micing it still? Like, why yeah. is he not just destroying – and he, you know, he's a particular guy. Like, he says some shit that would not go over in a he lot of places. he some hairs in yeah, a lot of places. Yeah, for sure. Like – but he's got there's got to be a market of people who just lo- would worship that dude cuz like you know but he just doesn't have it because he ne- no one knows who Kyle Harbert is. Mm-hmm. They should, but they, they don't. They should absolutely. They definitely should the know. The original hater Kyle Harbert. Yeah, I mean just the OG of just fucking shit talk. But <laughs> uh and that's the weird thing to look at when you like look at somebody's comedy you're like that is great and then you look at where they're at with comedy and you're like this it's all about. It doesn't yeah. fucking compute. It doesn't make any they sense. Want out of comedy, I think. And, really. Ky- and Kyle is a true comedian because he will do it for the rest of his life for free. For and, free and to will anybody not complain will about anything. Like he just yeah. took he got a bone punched in the face for it, and still and let the state take care of it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> still to the day, like to the day he die, you, I can't imagine him not telling jokes. Yeah, whatever. But it is weird when you're like, dude, you, you could be making a. I don't know. It just it, it boggles my mind that such a and you see those all over, you know, funny people. You're just like, wow, you're still here? There's a guy Should in my be... home scene in Savannah, Georgia, and that's a small scene. And if you think Savannah, Georgia is a city, I revealed this to Jake earlier. Yeah, I thought it was much bigger than it what is, he's saying. It is a, it is a town. It is a very small town. Really? With an island, Tybee Island. And it is super small. It is like 30 minutes drive across in traffic. Okay. <laughs> right? From downtown at the river to south side at the mall. And... <laughs> the one mall that's next to the other old mall yeah that's the only place we have a mall and <laughs> one there's two there's the savannah mall and the oglethorpe okay so savannah mall sucks we had a small scene oh, there and there's a guy there and he's the funniest comedian i've ever seen in my life well one of and his name is wrath nasty and <laughs> are you kidding me yeah. He wears pajama he pants. He wears pajama pants. He has a giant spoon, a, giant a ladle spoon, spoon that's been formed with his family crest on it, and it's on a leather strap around his body. His long, wrangly hair, a big, scraggly beard, and he's crazy, and he rants a lot, and he sounds like this when he rants a lot, and he walks around the stage, and he paces, and he's wild, but he's, his timing is so beautiful, and it's a thing of... Of real uh, emotional distress when he's on stage, and it's the most beautiful artwork ever. And he he goes on these rants. He has this rant about trying to Tinder date Paula Dean on a blind date, and how he would like rather eat his own foot than her cooking because he's gonna lose it anyway. And <laughs> how he's gonna like eat this whole fucking couch, like he's gonna eat a couch. He just goes on this nonsensical rant every time he takes. 
everyone in the bar with him. He grabs everyone's attention. Yeah. And he is he just holds it and captivates it and takes it with him every single time. And I love that style of comedy where he is a master of the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And a guy who, when he steps on stage, you're like, who the fuck is this crazy he's wearing, dude? He's wearing Cookie Monster pajama pants <laughs> with a crazy spoon dude? around his neck. Who the fuck is this And he this tells guy? everyone, he'll tell anyone he's going to die soon. He's got, like, horrible diabetes. Is he, like, he's a, got, like an cancer adult man? And shit. Yeah. He's, oh, he's an he's, adult he's, like, man. This isn't a make-a-wish kid. He's in his late 40s, and he's got, like, horrible cancer. So yeah. He's going to die soon, so he's just doing comedy because fuck all. Yeah, see, that's a guy who has, he has nothing, he has to hold nothing him back. left, and he is all rage and emotion. He's yeah. amazing. Interesting. And there's people like that all over who will never get recognition, and who are like flames who will be gone before any kind of light gets shed on them. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, weird, man. It's a, it's a scary. It is kind of scary just to know that you're putting yourself in this thing where you could become really good and. Just not even like famous money, but just like man, like no, no one will hear it, and instead they'll hear like the next Dane Cook, or just yeah. like some person that was pressed, pressed the right buttons. Yeah, I get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. The I st- I still feel like I haven't found my comedic voice because I'm still apprehensive about talking about myself, my issues on stage, putting myself out there. I tell jokes about bullshit of my life. Like anything that's about me. You should whatever. tell us, tell them about like how great you sucked Adam and I off before the show, dude. <laughs> yeah, tell them how gay you actually yeah, like, dude, are. But that's you, the thing. Like the way you worked my tender. balls, Very no tender. one has fucking done that. Yeah, but that's so the thing is that in my mind, I don't think that the audience will find that funny because I don't find. I it didn't funny. find it funny. I found it orgasmic. It was amazing. <laughs> well, and see, that's the thing is that I still erotic. I, yeah, <laughs> erotic. But that's the thing is that I still can't quite. Well, yeah, I mean, that takes Open time. Up. It takes time. Yeah. It's not like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think the finding your voice thing is a weird... It, Analogy for well, what the system it really is. It's just like, I guess at some point you see the big comics they do, like, yeah, they appear to have found it, but yeah. it's not like they're not still evolving. Well, it's the you never idea... Rest. You never come to a plateau. Your, your hair keep... grows after you die. So do your nails. <laughs> There's no static <laughs> moment. You gotta just keep moving. But I understand what you're saying. You yeah, know? we are present active participles. Anyway, so <laughs> the way you worked a shaft was nice too. I, I do what I can. Is. What can I say? I'm a pro. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and I loved how Harley, Harley just sort of Harley's stood back there and watched. You, what did you want Comedians. to talk about? Comedians. Fucking prima donnas. I think they need to stop bitching so much. Oh, yeah. They need to get off their lazy asses and find work and get better at jokes. Stop staring at me from across the table. I think you need to lose your goddamn attitude. <laughs> this was all directed at me. This is not no, doing just a, that fucking a eye comedian. Level. <laughs> yes, a comedian. His name is Jake. Uh yeah. All right. Plugs. Let's do some quick plugs and let's get out of here. Uh, we're both going to be in Salem tomorrow if this Absolutely. If this is uploaded in the next 10 minutes. Uh, yep. We will be in Salem Nailed tomorrow. It, yeah. <laughs> I will be hosting a show in Amboy, Washington on Saturday. Nick's, which is like a fucking roadhouse bar. It's like you drive down this. I would love to do that, by the way. So oh, you <laughs> should, dude. Yeah, it's fun. It's like a totally like you drive down a twisty, dark road and then you turn a corner. It's like. Boom! Neon sign. Hey, it's Nick's. It's the only bar in town. Everybody is there. 
And then the week after that, I'm hosting at Harvey's from the 19th through the 22nd, Thursday through Sunday. I'll be hosting there. Okay. For so, us, so I think he's a singing comedian. Oh, dear God. So Woo. an asterisk on some of these dates. That's fine. They are. We are talking about November of 2015. So those of you listening to this, if the apocalypse has happened, that's what I was doing. Uh, but if not, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Jake Silberman, and Twitter and Instagram, J Silb S I L B zero four two four. Adam. Uh, on Tuesday, we're going to be flying out to Atlanta, Georgia. So for all of our listeners in the southeastern state in the heart of Dixie, we will be doing a tour through Atlanta, Mobile, Huntsville, Birmingham, Nashville, Nashville Chattanooga, Memphis, uh, Savannah, all around the area in the heart of Dixie. So uh, if you're going to be around that area, it's going to be great. We'll also be back into Georgia uh, for a while, for two weeks, and then after that, we're coming back. We'll have our regular Monday night show that we do every single Monday night in Portland, the uh, Eagle Eye Critical Comedy on Critical 92nd Comedy. and Foster, which is a workshop open mic for comedians of all different skill levels to come together and to work on their material in a constructive and criticizing open format way. Legit event. It's super great. You should come check it out if you're ever in the area. If you want to f hear more about that or figure out more about any of those tour dates or information, you can follow me on Twitter at Adam Bath, A-D-A-M-B-A-T-H-E. Think the first guy in the Bible to ever wash himself. Or you can <laughs> find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Adam Bath is great, or A-B-I-G. Just remember, a big person is also me. So uh, <laughs> Adam Bath is great. Dot com is my website. You can check that out or you can email me at great at gmail.com. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Are you great? Are you anything great? you want to throw um, in there? I'm Adam's girlfriend, so I'm always around next yeah. to him whenever Find Adam. I make She'll him, be there. Yeah. you know, what I figured no one else would have that email. That's true. No. Yeah. All right. <laughs> if you need to contact me, just don't. Thank you guys very much. This has been a pleasure. <laughs> Asterisk. Asterisk. <laughs> the whole thing's an asterisk. Asterisk. Not a pleasure at all.